For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson with another readout video from our Wednesday Wake Up email newsletter in which we bring you logic and evidence on climate change. Or lack of it, because Canadians probably don't want to know how much their governments paid Volkswagen to seize the glittering market opportunity of building a massive EV battery plant in St. Thomas, Ontario. But if they do want to know, they can't. The federal and provincial governments gloated that, quote, today's news is a major vote of confidence in Canada and Ontario, by which they mean themselves, and in our shared work to position the country and the province as a global leader on the electrical vehicle supply chain, end quote. But when asked if that special something was cutting a big fat check, estimated by one journalist to be worth around $460,000 per job as part of the subsidy wars triggered by the American Inflation Reduction Act, Federal Industry Minister François-Philippe Champagne came up with an answer beyond anything Sir Humphrey Appleby could have dreamt up. Quote, I'll answer very clearly your question. Canada has to be part of the equation, and I'm not going to go into the details, end quote. One of our famously skeptical journalists gushed, quote, Say what you like about this Liberal government, and I do quite often, but this is good news for Canada, end quote. But how can we tell what kind of news it is if we don't know how much it costs? Champagne told an interviewer, quote, I always say that government has to be part of the equation when you come to these large investments, end quote, but he never says what part. Citizens just need to believe that alternative energy sources are now cheaper, and so there's no point causing a ruckus by revealing how much they actually cost. Besides, it strikes the politicians as so petty. In a bid to foul up traffic in Canada's capital with a vast motorcade of gasoline-powered vehicles watched over by countless idling police cars and vans, United States President Joe Biden visited Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to save us all from everything, quote, based on a mutual commitment to shared security, shared prosperity, and shared democratic values, including the importance of fighting climate change and an abiding respect for human rights and the rule of law, end quote. Which might sound kind of ambitious to you, but they're just getting started. Quote, as the closest of friends and allies, we remain committed to making life better for people on both sides of our shared border and to building a more free, equitable, secure, and prosperous world, end quote. And if you think that sounds grandiose to the point of delusional, behold video game Tetris creator Hank Rogers, who after a brush with premature death set himself four missions, namely, quote, end the use of carbon-based fuel, end war, take humans to other planets, and find out how the universe ends and do something about it, end quote. Not sure what, but still, when you're creating a free, fair, safe, and rich Earth, possibly an everlasting one, what nit would quibble about the cost of a factory? Unless, of course, you're the taxpaying chump on the hook for all this vainglory. And speaking of the Inflation Reduction Act, we also bring you yet more on Biden's Trade War 3. Quote, the European Union is stepping up its green tech subsidies as it aims to compete with the United States and China, end quote. And we also bring you more evidence that companies that thought they could fudge their way to green cred are finding it harder and harder. Quote, This week, the European Commission and Australia are increasingly cracking down on greenwashing as the EU proposes new rules on environmental labeling, while Australia's competition watchdog considers a complaint made against Etihad Airlines. End quote. Also, we note that spring finally trudged in, bringing climate vultures. Quote, 
Spring is starting earlier, it's not your imagination, end quote, says the publication still officially called Scientific American, though Steady Alarmism might be a better name. And the New York Times says, quote, if you need proof that climate change has altered the wildlife of the city, look no further than the black vultures soaring above midtown Manhattan, end quote, because the Times claims, quote, weather patterns have warped, end quote. Not changed, warped. We also assess a remarkable clip from PBS NewsHour about the failure to stay south of the unscientific 1.5 degrees Celsius threshold, in which the auto-legendary Catherine Hayhoe brushes aside claims of failed climate predictions by alarmists by saying, no, see, the Paris Accord saved us from a 5 degrees Celsius temperature rise, and that the planet is running a fever, and that there never used to be temperature fluctuations, and so on and so on. It's how you do climate science from that side, and nobody says boo. Well, okay, we do. Boo! Including to the admiring interviewer, who instead of asking those famous hard-boiled journalistic questions, babbled, quote, if or when the planet reaches that level, scientists say Earth will pass tipping points that will lead to catastrophic environmental damage, including dangerous sea level rise, entire species going extinct, as opposed to partial species going extinct, and even greater suffering in many nations, especially the poorest, end quote. So, no fact check for you, Catherine Hayhoe. Even when you claim that, quote, Prior to the Paris Agreement in 2015, the world was heading toward a future that was between 4 and 5 degrees Celsius warmer than today, end quote. Which is a lunatic thing to say because no credible model predicted anything of the sort, and because the models used by alarmists also say that if every nation on Earth were to meet its Paris commitments in full, it would change temperature in 2100 by a tenth of degree. And because nobody's meeting their Paris targets. But Hayhoe was still just warming up. She went on to say, quote, The temperature of the climate has been as stable as that of the human body over the course of human civilization on this planet, end quote. Egad. Does this person not know that the temperature of the human body fluctuates considerably on a daily basis? And does she really think there was no little ice age, no medieval warm period, no dark age cooling, or not even a Holocene thermal maximum? But if you talk this way from the alarmist side, no mainstream media outlet fact-checks you. No interviewer interrupts you to say that you are spewing fatuities faster than they can write them down. Everybody who's anyone says, you're the best. But it's still hooey. And speaking of hooey, in case you believe you are watching a video casting doubt on the existence of an urgent man-made climate crisis, please be assured that you are not. The debate has ended. Yes, again. In late February, Canada's Institute for Research and Public Policy tweeted, quote, rates of climate denial are low and declining, but conservatives are still more likely than liberals to challenge the idea that climate change is caused by humans, end quote. Boo, conservatives. An activist scientist, Zeke Housefather, is so done with the whole business of actually arguing about important things that he says, quote, I'm just going to start using GPT-4 to automate responding to wrong-headed skeptic talking points from now on. Saves me the trouble of typing it out, end quote. Yeah, and of thinking critically about an important issue instead of just crushing your enemies' tiny heads with stale rhetoric, right? Glory be. Though, frankly, people like him show less and less evidence of giving respectful thought to tricky questions anyway. Like that one about just how practical the glorious vision of a totally electric economy really is. According to the Toronto Star, quote, as electric vehicles take over, Ontario will have to double its power output while decarbonizing too. Can we do it, end quote? Of course they think so. Uh, they don't know how, but who cares about that stuff? Writer David Olive concedes that, quote, 
The coming overhaul of Ontario's electric power system will be a mega-project of historic proportions. In a nutshell, the goal is to double Ontario's electricity supply while decarbonizing the power system to net-zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. If that sounds like trying to square a circle, it's pretty close. But Ontario has no choice other than to embark on this admittedly fraught mission, whose stakeholders include everyone in the province. Queen's Park has yet to divulge its plans, but it recently posted a call for public input, end quote. To quote Mole and Pogo, a plan. You're right. We'll need a plan. Anybody got one? Other than spending hundreds of billions and retiring with a fat pension after some pointless government consultation? In the newsletter, we continue our series on good sources of climate data by paying tribute to the work of Professor John Christie and Dr. Roy Spencer of the University of Alabama, Huntsville. In 1989, these two figured out a way to use data from microwave monitors on NASA satellites to generate a precise global atmospheric temperature record beginning in 1979. It was a major achievement that earned them NASA's Medal for Exceptional Scientific Achievement and a special commendation from the American Meteorological Society. But it also earned them decades of controversy because the dang satellites don't show much warming, at least compared to what the models say should be happening if the climate is as sensitive to greenhouse gases as the modelers claim. And you can just imagine the heat they've taken, so to speak. But their method has withstood many challenges, and it's been validated independently by other data sets, including real-world observations from weather balloons. So, we invite you to check out their data at the University of Alabama Huntsville website. Ah, on the subject of things that haven't listed challenges, we recently made fun of Al Gore's claim at Davos that greenhouse gas emissions were, quote, creating these atmospheric rivers, end quote, pointing out for his benefit, if not his pleasure, that while the term atmospheric rivers was invented in 1998, the actual rivers have been around since the invention of rain. But... In light of a new study in geophysical research letters, we sheepishly admit that we may have been a bit too flippant. Apparently, atmospheric rivers are important contributors to ice sheet formation during cold seasons, but even bigger contributors to melting them during warm seasons. And this phenomenon could spell trouble for the Laurentian Tide ice sheet because... Um... Uh, wait a second. The Laurentide Ice Sheet covered Canada 20,000 years ago, and it was almost gone by about 5,000 years ago with the help of these dreaded atmospheric rivers. Man, climate is complicated and variable, and there's always been bad weather. But don't tell Catherine Hayhoe. On the same topic, loosely speaking, we also dipped into the CO2Science.org archive for a study of recent flooding in Britain to try to see if it was unusual. The researchers used all kinds of material from proxies to historical records to look at the last quarter millennium, and they found that there actually was a dip in floods recently, from 1970 to around 2000, but that the period since 2000 has been basically typical of the weather in Britain since 1750, including kind of wet and lousy. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, and I still want to know the cost of that factory. <laughs>